You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, and I am joined today by Guy Cortan. Guy, it's been a while. How you been? Matt, I feel like I've been sent out to Siberia or the blogging Siberia worlds, but uh, it's it's a pleasure to hear your voice again. Well, thank you very much. I mean, you were um, taking on some hosting reins there some of our previous episodes, and, and I couldn't find myself a microphone. So good to connect with you now. And of course, in such an interesting and transitional time in the world. On one of our most recent episodes, I spoke with Suha Schrader a little bit about the new trade war that's underway between the United States and China, in which uh, a number of goods and really a changing number of goods are being taxed or under a levy of an additional 25% as they are imported into one another's countries. And Guy, you work in the retail space. This is an area where I imagine fashion brands and retailers are going to be feeling a lot of pain in particular. What are your thoughts on how this could affect these types of businesses if this trade war continues and if it escalates more? You know, it's an interesting time we live in. I think we say that every time we do a podcast, but it really is. And, you know, not to get political or anything, but if we look at just on the facts, you know, anytime you start threatening and actually putting into place tariffs and creating an artificial trade war with one of your, if not your biggest trading partner from both an import and export standpoint. Now, I know from the United States standpoint, we export much more in North America, but obviously China being a massive player in the global supply chain world, I think you've got a lot of, you know, I don't want to say unintended consequences. I think most economists and politicians know the consequences that are possible. But I think what you have is you just have a layer or a disruptor that in a way doesn't have to be there. You know, it's it's sort of an artificial disruptor that creates a tremendous amount of ripples that extend well beyond just the headlines and whatever political gain one party or the other might make by doing these things. And I think that's what's interesting to look at is, you know, what does this have or how will this impact retailers across the board? And, and when we say retailers, I think it's a very generic term, but I think specifically, you know, and there's a great article in the Wall Street Journal that talks about specific retail sub-industries, so to speak, where China is a massive importer of goods into the United States. And I think those are the ones that we need to focus on and start thinking about, well, what does this mean for them in the near term and more importantly, in, you know, the medium to longer term? Yeah. And when you talk about these costs, I mean, in this greater supply chain, you would imagine you feel it in some different ways. I mean, there's the finished good, of course, if you're importing that, but really all of the other components, whether it's specific supplies that you're moving around the world or whether it's certain factories that you're using, all of those other aggregate pieces that go into a finished product, I mean, it has a cost potentially throughout the supply chain. Is this something that anyone can really prepare for? Are there moves that perhaps retailers can take as they kind of look at this sort of uncertain future between, you know, two massive countries here and prepare to go forward at the most optimal cost possible. Yeah. There's obviously the complexity of it goes well beyond a, uh, you know, our 15, 20, 30 minute podcast right now. But I think when these retailers think about it, first and foremost, I would hope, and this might be a bad strategy, which is hope, right? But I would hope that most of them when the current administration went into office, started thinking about the scenarios of what might happen. Because this is not as if this current administration had been you know, very China-friendly in terms of trade and all of a sudden woke up one day and said, hey, we're going to put tariffs on them. 
This has been something that this current administration, since the campaign really, has been touting or has been putting out there as a platform that they were going to move towards. So first and foremost, I would trust that retailers across the board have already started to think, like, what if tariffs with China could go in place? What would that do for my supply? What would that do for my import-export business? What would that do for my ability to, to service customers? What would it do with my costs, obviously? I think the second part is, you know, once the, the actual tariffs, as they're being discussed now, go into place, is to really try to figure out as precisely as possible, you know, what are the parts of your network that these tariffs impact? I think there was another interesting article in the Wall Street Journal many, many months ago when there was talk about ripping up NAFTA that looked at all the parts of the automotive industry in a particular manufacturing, a, you know, a specific car that these tariffs could possibly impact. I think that's what these retails need to know. So it's not just simply, hey, I you know, have X amount of suppliers in, in the Far East or in China, and I bring in Y amount of product into my country. You really have to understand, all right, are these high margin items? Are these items that I could easily switch my supply chain manufacturing from China to other parts of the Far East or potentially bring it back on shore? You know, start start thinking more about demand, right? Are these high item demands or are these seasonal demands? What does that look like? So I think it's really the complexity of it for these brands and these retailers goes much beyond just saying, hey, you know, I'm a furniture and bedding company and I get X percent of stuff that comes from China. Oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? It's really getting deeper into the complexity of it. And I think the third part of that is to then to really understand, you know, from your network standpoint, what are all the pieces in your network that will be touched by this? You know, and what is the cause and effect for, you know, rising costs, lowering in production, whatever it may be, and to really be able to have a, and no one will have a perfect picture of this, but to have as clear a picture of these impacts across your network as you could possibly have. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty either way. As we've seen, we went from TPP to trade war in a matter of months, really. But it seems to me that it requires a lot of institutional agility and probably a lot of foresight as far as how to use the data in your supply chain. Do you find that this is the case for retailers as they make bets on inventory and production levels and exactly how they're going to forecast their needs in five or six or 12 months down the road? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I find like that that's something you would, at least I would hope, that most retailers are already starting to think about in their forecasting and their planning. But I think what one of the areas we've seen is that there's still a, a certain level of immaturity when it comes to the visibility, you know, down to their suppliers and their supplier suppliers, and to then take that information and do a better job understanding capacity, understanding forecasts, try and tie that back into expected demand. So then if you already have or you already struggle a bit with that aspect of visibility and of understanding, all of a sudden you add this other element of a possible tariff or trade war and you can see how it just, you know, it sort of adds a whole layer of complexity to an already fragile sort of model, if you will. And that's where I think, you know, being able to have a robust network, having the ability to have robust visibility into your network not just the physical side, but also the financial side, total data cost, understanding you know, all the touch points that impact the financial aspect, all the touch points that impact the movement of goods, 
And again, no one can have a perfect picture. I'm not saying that that's what we should strive for, but to have as detailed a picture of that as possible better prepares you for the impeding, you know, or the upcoming trade war that might occur. And, you know, it's something that we always talk about just from a day-to-day supply chain basis. And I think if we take tariffs and trade wars as another possible disruptor, just as, you know, a drop in supply, as in a strike at a port facility, as in a weather occurrence, right? If we add this tariff side as just one more category of disruptor, then we can see how that variable has huge impact or has huge need for better visibility to therefore be able to better react to it. All right. So certainly on the inbound supply chain, there's a lot of work to be done for a lot of retailers as they get more depth of knowledge of their own supply chains, as they um, give themselves the agility or the ability to you know, change operations or change plans as they need to adapt to um, the conditions and everything else. But what about the other side of it? And you focus really on the comprehensive world of retail. How about the bottom line? When you talk about the cost going up for the raw materials or for finished goods, is it just something that customers can expect to pay more money for the things that they regularly buy. My understanding of retail is is that that industry still is not out of the woods from some really challenging times. Can they afford to charge the customers more when on the other side of everything, you often have pricing wars? Right. And I think that's a really good point to be made. And I think that's that's where the unintended consequences of launching into a trade war that is no surprise not really spoken or highlighted by the party that wants to throw the trade wars is that, yeah, it looks good to stand up to what is perceived as someone that is not playing fair. It gets you some political brownie points, if you will, to be able to show that you are standing up for for your domestic industry. What happens is, you know, these companies aren't nonprofit companies, right? These companies aren't out there saying, oh, well, we're more than happy to absorb the cost that will be incurred because now the cost it takes to import products from China has just gone up by 30%. Don't worry about it. We're going to keep the prices at the same level and um, you know, make sure that you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Consumer gets the same product at the same price. Of course not. I mean, that's, it's the same thing we see with, you know, with OPEC and oil production, right? If, if they change their their supply and their costs, like the gas station doesn't hold prices the same, right? They raise them or lower them. Now, will we see that happen as quickly as we see with gas prices? Probably not. But there's absolutely no way that we will not, as consumers, feel that impact in the next, you know, four to six months, if not sooner. And I think what we, we might also feel as consumers is, you know, the spigot of certain supply going down to a trickle now, I don't know what supply that will be. I mean, if we look at you know the areas in retail that are heavily dependent on imports from China, right? Toys and sport goods being over 80%. You've got things like clothing accessories being close to 60%. And you've got other things like furniture and bedding around 50% and non-textile apparel and accessories. This, again, is all coming from the Wall Street Journal article. All of a sudden, you realize all those products... Does that mean that you're not going to have the same amount of choice, the same amount of inventory, uh, the same amount of selection that we have grown accustomed to because of that? And I think that's where you'll start seeing from a consumer's perspective, the 
ripple effect of some of these you know trade wars and tariffs is that we as consumers as we go into and I you know this is crazy to say but as we start going into Christmas buying season and thinking about that will we have as much access to you know the GI Joe the kung fu grip or is that not going to be available anymore and i think that's where uh, we see the unintended consequences of you know such macroeconomic policies then trickle down to the micro level and impact us as consumers. So I think it's it's something to keep an eye on. I think the other part I mentioned Christmas, which is interesting too, is you know this is a time when a lot of these major retailers who are focused on Christmas time and Black Friday and all that are starting to make their buying decisions for inventory for that season. And I think like you had said on your most recent podcast, right? There is an aspect of timing on this. Do you start hedging your bets and buying more inventory today, believing that those tariffs might take effect in two months, in which case the prices might go up? Or do you wait to see if the tariffs really go into place and then buy your inventory? The question is, you could be stuck with either excess inventory, which we all know is a bad thing, or you get stuck with excess pricing on that inventory, which is also a bad thing. So it's interesting because of the timing, it's really forcing the retailers to start being much more, you know, forced to the sword in terms of making a decision on on their inventory positions with the eye towards the whole November, December top buying time frame. So one of the unintended consequences that might happen, which is good for consumers, is if some of these retailers make a wrong decision and buy too much inventory because they're afraid of tariffs, does that mean that the post-holiday sales season, so that being January, early February, are there better deals to be had because some of these retailers might have too much inventory on hand, and now they need to really flush that channel out. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a lot to consider. I'm, I'm just in my mind, I'm trying to imagine a major online marketplace like an Amazon or a Rakuten or one of those, which connects so many direct-to-consumer brands from China to American consumers, adding to that effect of endless aisles. What happens if they're suddenly stuck with more cost? Do they even sell there? Does that change the shape of even our online world? A lot of good points in there, and especially considering that fine balance of inventory, it seems that it's going to be a challenging time ahead. But as we know, these things are, are somewhat unpredictable. You know, tariffs and trade wars seem to be as arbitrary or, or spontaneous uh, at times as perhaps a major storm or a port strike, like you alluded to earlier. So it does have to be considered a major risk in the supply chain. Are there things that retailers can do from a technology standpoint? Any sort of ways that they can perhaps make quick moves to improve any of these aspects that we've covered so far? You know, I think in, in, in a way, as long as retailers still think about or categorize this as just another potential, you know, outage or threat to their supply chain, I think if they've continued to go along the path of, you know, investing in their supply chain, investing in greater visibility into the supply chain, investing in greater visibility at different tiers of the supply chain. So we mentioned earlier, you know, not just having tier one visibility into your main supplies, but maybe your supplier suppliers. Also investing on the front end. And and when I say front end, I don't mean investing in pretty websites and mobile sites and, you know, social media campaigns, things like that, but investing more in ability to do a better, you know, customer segmentation, customer understanding, customer demand sensing. You know, all these tools that, that we talk about, which should allow these retailers and brands to have not only better sense of their network and their supply chain, but also, you know, what's coming down the pipe, what's the 
latest trend they need to react to, good or bad. You know, when I say good or bad, I mean, is it something that they never saw that's a positive where people are asking for more product? Or is it a product that's just not good and how fast can they sort of shift? So I think it's continuing to invest in all these, you know, these technologies, but also investing in in the people, right? And the mindset, the business processes. And I think also sort of to reiterate is to to categorize things such as trade wars and tariffs as just another disruptor, right? And I don't mean to say it's just the same as as a factory, you know, having a fire or something, but these are disruptors and, you know, what can you do or what can your network do to react to that disruptor? I think at the end of the day is what a lot of these technologies that we've talked about and business processes we've talked about are what should allow or prepare retailers and brands to tee themselves up for success when these things do happen. Because whether it's a tariff today or you know a factory burning down tomorrow or a supplier going bankrupt or a port having a strike or you know consumer demand coming out of left field or you know I, I was thinking about this the other day watching the World Cup finals obviously being very happy but you know Nike produced a whole host of, of France soccer jerseys with one star on it well now they need to put two stars on it so how do you react to that disruption right how do you react to taking off a whole set of inventory and replacing it with new inventory overnight right but again, it's just one other possible disruption that as a supply chain, as a brand, as a retailer, you need to be prepared to react to and understand that it's still just a disruption, right? It has its own variables. It has its own impact, but it's a disruption like other disruptions will be and have been. All right. Well, I think that, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to watch play out and certainly it's not as if business can simply stop and retailers wave the white flag. So I imagine we'll see a lot of creativity down the pipeline. Guy, as always, it's been great. We need to get you on more of these. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised. Like, I, I, these are fun to do. I, 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 I'd love to do more of them. <laughs> How about that? Well, um, for this uh, edition of Supply Chain Radio, I'm Matt Gunn, and we had Guy Corten on today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to find us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. And if you have any tips or feedback for us, do reach out at scr.podcast at Thanks for listening. <laughs>